0: that's right we made it this far and on the phone today we have a guest and his name is herb new he is a marshall county commissioner candidate and what is that place two herb uh,
1: yeah district uh district two
0: all right well uh herb i want to ask you a, a question right off the top why in the world would you want to enter political office well, I really don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there's a lot going on that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some friends asked if I would uh, consider running. Uh, one of the reasons was there was no uh, candidate from our party that was considering running. And it would have been a, uh, just a straight Republican ticket. You live in a very red district Mm -hmm. but the real thing is uh i i've i moved here i don't know seven eight or nine years ago and um uh there are i i found out that almost three quarters of the people who work in marshall county are living on poverty wages they're, they're not making more than ten dollars an hour mm. and they are taxpayers and a lot of them live in areas where roads are really bad but the county Commission says well our hands are tied because these are private roads and not and not county roads but at one time they were county roads some of them I've, I've read a lot of I've read the court cases, I've read the uh, state laws about county roads and I began to feel that there's been some kind of, in the past, a boondockle, maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so even though the laws say our hands are tied, there are people that are really hurting in this county and they don't deserve to be hurting it. that's I, if anything, I will be the only Democrat on a traditionally Republican county commission. I don't know all that much about being a commissioner, but I learn quick. I have a real good background and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I think maybe we need someone to ask some tougher questions than what they've been getting.
0: So what you're saying is you're not a politician. Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> Let me ask you a question about the, those roads. Um, when you say that those roads used to be county roads and they went to private roads, why did that happen? Well, that, that's a great
1: question. Um, there's been a lot of county commissioners, and I think there's, uh, uh, to put it mildly, been some cronyism going on. Um, uh, the zoning laws are non existent. Almost. Uh, I think they just said, okay, you know, just go build. Some of these are uh, mobile homes and trailers. Some are nice homes, but they don't have a road that they can access safely. Uh, a lot of, and there's one in particular, Shin Point Road in District 2,
0: uh-huh.
1: not far from where I live. Mm hmm. And, uh, I mean, I could not even begin to drive my car up that road. And for years now, they've been trying to handle repairs themselves. And, and we have on record dating back to the 1970s, that it was a county road. Something happened. Something happened. And, uh, I, I uh, they went to court over this in, I think it was 1995. And, uh. They, uh, it was declared not a county road on a really slim catch 22 kind of technicality and so they lost the case and they're still suffering and there's no reason why anyone in this county should be suffering.
0: Yeah. Uh, Um, that's going on across the entire state of people complaining that, that roads are not you know, up to par, but now the governor says we have this new gas tax and that's supposed to fix these roads, but you can't use the the gas tax to fix roads that have been declared private roads. That's right.
1: And, and, but we have to go beyond that. We have to get to the problem that these people are having. We've got to help these people. How do we help these people? Even when the law says we can't, isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, it's crazy. Now, Marshall County... Why
1: are we punishing these people?
0: Uh, that, that's a question for...
1: Oh, and, and as far as the road ta- or the gas tax, that's a boondoggle, in my opinion. You know, I, I'm not sure why uh, the voters turned down the state lottery... Because to me that means uh, to me it smacks of religion saying no rather than common sense.
0: Well, they, they haven't got a chance to vote on it since 1998. I don't I don't oh, believe. I yeah, they, they have it. they can't even get it they can't even get together to even put a lottery bill in front of the people. And um, what I was informed of this morning that a lot of the reasons is because of the Porch Creek Band of Indians. Um, that they are actually actively pushing for for them to control the lottery because they have the Wind Creek Casino down in um I can't even think of it, but that's what a guy had said this morning was was um on when I was doing the radio show this morning. He said that you know he was told that that was a lot of the reason was because they were trying to satisfy both sides, and you you can't do that. Yeah, I mean we're all Alabamians at the end of the day. And if something benefits the people of Alabama and if and if the people of Alabama want to vote on it, then we should vote on it because that's democracy. So I, I don't understand the fact of not putting the bill before the people and saying, okay, we're going to earmark this for roads. We're going to earmark this for education. And here we go. You people vote on it. See, that doesn't just that doesn't sit well with me that that people, bureaucrats and politicians want to sit back and tell us. You know, oh, we've got to satisfy this or we've got to satisfy that when a lottery is something that a majority of Alabama will vote for. Because let me tell you something, it's not religion because I go to I don't live far from Tennessee and I've been up there buying lottery tickets myself and I've seen people who are front row front row people on the church in, in churches that, that are there buying their lottery tickets too. So, I mean, it's not, it's not a religion thing. And, and, you know, it's not like it's 1998 anymore. So, I mean, I, I just don't understand why they will not put that before the people of Alabama, because that's something that the people of Alabama have said that they want. They want a chance to vote on it. And I, I just think it's a crying shame that our elected officials cannot get together and just say, okay, well, we're going to let the people of Alabama decide what they're going to, how they're going to govern themselves
1: the Porch Creek uh, reservation contributes to our Republican politicians in Montgomery.
0: I have no idea.
1: But I think that there is the source. Um,
0: um, Marshall County in 2010, it said this, the, the census says the population was 93,019. Yeah, we're right about 100,000. Um, but the voter turnout I had it right here. Um, it's left me for some reason. The voter turnout is not always that great. Why are people not going to the polls?
1: <laughs> um, well, if you listen to the radio stations they're listening to, that could be one reason. If you look at the websites that they're looking at on their phones and computers, that could be another. Um, nowadays, all media—this includes uh, popular websites—are controlled, owned by five or six major corporations. Mm-hmm. And so you have a real lack of diversity. What what I'm what I see here. Now, I've, I've lived in every just about every major city in the United States uh, during my professional life. And um, I've always seen people blaming the poor for their poverty, poor because they're lazy, while the rich are rich because they're industrious, or so we are told. And that's not true. But so many people around here cling to that it's sort of like i don't know Uh, we're we're finally seeing how false that is it isn't their fault for being poor more than eight million people as near as i know have slipped beneath the poverty line since may how many people is that i don't know it's every man woman and children in Maine, Montana, Rhode Island, Delaware, South Dakota, North Dakota, Alaska, Vermont, and Wyoming. That's how many people have slipped into poverty since May. Mm. And, And nothing is really being done about it. And it has to be done starting at a local basis, county basis. So I don't know. All I can do, I mean you know the job of the commissioner is to keep the gears well oiled administer the county finances service custodians of all county property collect taxes promote tourism oversee construction and maintenance of roads and bridges and funding for county elected officials departments fun- functions um, It's mostly handling internal operations, uh, infrastructure kinds of things. But I'm wondering how come so many people in our district are, and not only our district, but the entire county, are suffering unbelievable uh, situations right now. Uh, We do have some churches that are doing Uh, giving out food, things like that, but I've always felt it's really up to all of us as taxpayers to help out the poor, not just charities, but that's me. Anyway, uh, I I have gone on a, a rant, so uh, <laughs> bring, bring, bring me back
0: home there, Johnny. Oh, <laughs> let me ask you something. Let me ask you about your background. Now, when we was talking before, you you was talking about Turner and CNN. Tell tell me about your background. Well,
1: um, uh, I got started in radio. Uh, I had a good voice. Back in 1960, a friend of mine, Tom Peterson, uh, got got helped get me my first job, which was 50 cents an hour on the weekends at an FM radio station. Uh, providing I washed and waxed the floors at the transmitter site. And so I was a professional. I got to do a two hour jazz show. And then I would uh, wash and wax the floors. Um, <laughs> Eventually, I got interested in journalism, went to the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. I did not graduate. I uh, did work for the uh, college newspaper at a time when Castro was rising to power. And um, uh, so I I, I actually quit um, my studies when I got into an argument with my journalism professor. Who did not believe that broadcast news was journalism? Hmm. And we—I had a hissy fit uh, <clears throat> right in front of the whole class, and I walked out. Never came back. But I did get heavily involved in news, and um, uh, did all right. Worked for some all-news radio station, talk show things. Also was a disc jockey and stuff like that. And um, then decided to form a broadcasting school. This was shortly after the, uh, I got out of the Air Force. I was in Armed Forces Radio for four years. And uh, I uh, signed up Hugh Downs, Armin Francis, uh, Matthew J. Culligan, John Cameron Swayze, couple others uh, to be on my board of advisors Mm -hmm. and I started the Institute of Broadcast Arts and um, started uh, and rented a radio station in Denver was an uh, FM station because FM wasn't popular back then and I let my students learn broadcasting on the air live so I did that and then one day uh, sold the school uh, and became the sales manager, having no experience in sales, of an FM station that was uh, getting into uh, what they called back then underground radio, progressive rock, freeform, album oriented rock. And in within a year or two, we had uh, become the number one radio station, first time for an FM to become number one. And then the American Broadcasting Company hired our entire group and brought us to Chicago to do the same thing on WLSFM. I became a very successful person in marketing and I adopted something um, that was created by a, a social scientist named E. H. Demby, Dr. E. H. Demby, called Psychographics lifestyle research and through his research we were able to come up with niche markets micro markets and um, back then um, they were only interested in age groups we were interested in lifestyle groups so being uh, popular with uh, young adults between the ages of 18 and 24 who were anti war and everything else, this we determined this was our base for learning more about everybody. We were able to follow people's newspaper reading habits, radio station listening habits, T V channel habits. By the time we were done, we could be in their faces twenty four seven without them knowing. And that today it's called algorithms. Back then it was all all done by mass and basic computer technology. Mm. Yeah, It's something I I wish had never happened. Because um, we don't know. We don't know half of what's going on right now. I am glad to see that the government is looking into Google and Facebook and all the others that follow us based on every time we click something. Well, you uh, can. I I did. uh, I I was recruited by uh, Ted Turner, um, uh, who I did not know of, other than the fact that he won some kind of uh, sea, oceanic race, and I saw him get drunk on live television. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he called and. Invited me to the grand opening of uh, CNN Headline News, which is what it was called back then. And they were going to, uh, they wanted to do a radio network called CNN Radio based on CNN Headline News. And he flew me to Atlanta and um, we chatted. Uh, he didn't know me. Um, he, and he didn't remember me. And we we just hung out, I, I sat at his table during this big luncheon, and then he gave a, a, a big speech. And that's when I realized this, I was listening to a great man, he really was, he had us in the palm of his hands. And um, so we walked around, uh, we there were about 100 people from TV stations around the country. Uh, here for the grand opening of CNN headline news, which was going to be syndicated to TV and uh, TV stations, and um, we chatted, and I, I kept bumping into him, and he finally said, "By the way, Herb, what do you do?" And I said, "Well, I, you're, I'm here because you wanted to interview me for the job for CNN Radio," and he he looked at me and he, like he stood ten feet tall, and said. You mean you're not a customer? (laughs) He hired me and and offered me more money than I ever made before. Mm. That was great. So we started a radio network and then we had to sell it because he blew his wad trying to buy the CBS TV network. Mm. And uh, then I became a, a magazine publisher. I, I got back into the research field and then uh, uh, decided I would move to Alabama to go fishing, Worked for one of my former clients, and ultimately started a, a, a magazine of Southern history and humor called Old Tuscaloosa. Uh-huh. And uh, that brought me to uh, Grant, Alabama, when we decided to move closer to fishing.
0: And Gunnersville, like you're over there by Lake Gunnersville too.
1: Yeah. But now I don't fish anymore. Now I just <laughs> <for the> fish. <laughs>
0: That's the way man, I, I love to fish, but you know what? I haven't been this year. But this pandemic man. just threw everything off for me. Me too. Um why when you're talking about your background and you've dealt with media all your life it seems like um what do you think is the number one challenge facing your area because you're in a great location there's no i mean there, there, there's no reason you know for for gunnersville or any of those areas not to be i mean just booming right now because we Technically, whether people want to say it or not, for business, maybe not for individuals. For but as for business, we just fell out of the greatest economy for business because business businesses were getting tax breaks out of the wazoo. They they were incentivized. And what what what's the number one what's the number one issue facing Guntersville and and Marshall County?
1: Um, Poverty, food insecurity, health care. Uh, um, here, here's what's going on. Agriculture in, in our county is doing well because uh, thanks to the upcoming election, uh, we taxpayers have poured 23 billion more dollars into the farms. <laughs> um, but like I said earlier, and this is the uh, County Education Association, 75% of the students live in poverty and food insecurity. Um, we have the pandemic going on. We have kids who don't have the technology for at home schooling. Um, and even if a person is not struggling to put food on the table, it doesn't mean they're financially secure. Um, I, one in three people can't even afford essential expenses right now. And I, I, I'm i not sure that it's up to the county, but somehow we have to recognize the fact that there's more people fending for themselves then should be the case. Yeah. And the only benevolence our government has shown to date is the wealthy.
0: Well, a lot of people right now, I know a lot of people there this way they're on the cusp of if a tire blows, well then they're not going to be able to afford their house payment this month. You nailed it. And that
1: multiply that times what? 50,000 individuals.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The whole state and the whole country's in that situation right now. And, you know, it's sad to see that, you know, so many people have worked so hard all their lives. And, you know, it's, you look at social security and Medicaid on the national level. Um, they're saying that's gonna run out within the next couple of years. Okay, well, that shouldn't be based off my tax dollars that I'm putting into it right now. And I mean, that's not a Democrat thing and that's not a Republican thing. These people that paid into social this is I mean, this to me, this is an American thing. These people that paid into Social Security and Medicaid while they were working age, where did their money go? Why why is it now? that here I am, and I am still working age. Listen, I I just got started in this thing, but why is it it now they're saying because we've had the shutdown and people were running low of funds on Social Security? We shouldn't be running low of funds. Those people should be... They paid in enough money while they were working to fund themselves for, I mean, at least 30 years because when you get 65, I mean, God bless you, but, you know... You're, you're very, very blessed if you're going to get 30 more years. Well, part of, part of the
1: thing is uh, having to pay social security tax uh, cuts off at a certain income level, mm-hmm. something thousand. And I, if they were just let it go, you know, for as long as you're earning an income, if, even if you're earning 200, 300, a year, you should still be putting money into the system, so social security. Uh, I think that's, that's part of the problem. Um, but the other, the other thing, and it really has to change. Uh, and I've been there, you got to maximize shareholder value. You have to maximize investor value. In other words, gross, gross, gross. You're always, and um, And it's permeated the business schools for, you know, as long as I've been around. And it's led to a generation of managers who manage the business from quarter to quarter rather than uh, long-term survival and growth. Um, Everything done today is for short-term benefits. Everything Trump is doing is short-term, not long-term. He doesn't think past his nose. Uh, corporate and personal debt record levels in both real and in other terms, and um, when you got to consider ninety percent of stocks are owned by just ten percent of investors. So when our government says the economy is booming, it means that ten percent is booming and getting richer, while the rest of us are are sort of being thrown under the bus because they see us as objects, not human individuals.
0: Why should people vote for Herb New? I mean,
1: <laughs> um, let's say this. I want to represent my neighbors the same way that other commissioners want to represent theirs not enough is being done for taxpayers that deserve equal service equal being the buzzword here i i don't know why our county commissioners will allow someone to clear cut a forest to build some buildings and then pave a road and do all that stuff and not take care of people who are desperately in need of help, despite what the laws of Alabama have to say about it. We either have to change the law Oh, the hard part is getting a representative in uh, Montgomery to even return a phone call, but I won't even go there. <laughs> I don't know why they vote Republican. I guess it's because Obama became president and that, that's when everything changed to uh, Republican, but I, I, you know, I, I can ask anybody around here. They, they really think Trump's doing a good job. Freaks me out. And they all listen to Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson and all those creeps who makes mega millions of dollars lying to their viewers mega millions of dollars. They know how to game the system. God bless them.
0: Yeah, that happens that that that's happening. Like you said, there's five to six people that own the media and, and in this country. And I mean, of course, if you look at Fox, they're going to lean Republican. If you look at MSNBC, they lean Democrat. And you got CNN, who used to be in the middle, but now they're now they're leaning too. So yeah, I
1: don't know where anyone is going anymore. Um, I I do a lot of fact checking. I I was on a group. Um, what was it? Um, Thundersville and something news group.
0: And I started posting facts, and they they kicked me off the group. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, this is this, this is you know I, I have people ask me a lot um why well, are you a Republican podcast or you're a Democrat pocket no I'm neither um I like to have conversations with people like I like to have conversations with you you're a nice guy your political affiliation does not bother me at any point um that that never. The first thing I look at somebody and I talk to them, the first thing I I think of is, wow, they're really nice, or wow, I'm never going to speak to them again. Um, yeah. It's not party affiliation, um, and I think that's where this country's going, and I don't like that because it's it, it it's vote two ways, and you know, hey man, we're we, we you know they they've turned america man we're so great that we only get one more choice than communism now and you know i i I feel that the two-party system is hurting the country more it's definitely hurting the country more
1: um yeah i'm with you on
0: that yeah two-party system is just not it's just not getting it and even county commission seats now just just being honest now, I feel that county commission seats, uh, if county commission, city council, mayor, I don't feel that any of them should be political unless you meet a, you know, like, unless you're a Birmingham or unless you're a Huntsville. Oh,
1: thank you for saying that, Jeremy. <sighs> um, yes, and I actually, I think there is hope for that. Yes, it would be great if it wasn't political. wouldn't it be great if we had real wise people like ethicists uh, I, I mean they could be everyday people but
0: without a party Yeah see because pa- uh, parties parties when they get in there when they get involved it's it's uh, a lot of the times you know you don't you don't go you don't get as informed about candidates and issues that they have because the 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 state party's issues are not going to be the 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 party's uh, going to be that person's issues of that county or that or that city because the the party overall has has a has an agenda but if you eliminate the parties at the city and the county levels what you do is you make it where you elect people based on their ideas and their belief system and how they believe things should be fixed and once you do that um you you pretty much create a free-for-all in the state where everybody's out to get what they can get for their for their for their county for their for their district and and i mean I, i think that's the way it should be i think everybody should just be fighting for their for their community
1: the community, for each other. Um, What I'd like to see is um, ethical uh, capitalism, focusing on um, creating long-term economic and social value and uh, a commitment by uh, business to act more as stewards of the full spectrum of customers, employees, suppliers, investors, society, and the planet. When I had my own business and when I was working for companies. um, We always felt that we were part owners of whoever we were working for. You know, we had a lot of uh, leeway, a lot of choices. Um, There was profit sharing. You know, it, it was it was great. Uh, we had meetings. Uh, everything was based on consensus. And now it's it's. Um, it's not that way. It's, it's all based on bottom line. And we we've made more money by not thinking about the bottom line, but by doing the right thing. Uh, when it came to independent businesses, I've always been on on the side of the little guy, always call me naive. <laughs> um, but um, I b- back when I was in uh, marketing, I would get all these little guys together. we'd form an organization and then we could compete with our uh, we, we could compete in pricing in, in getting supplies and merchandise because uh, we'd pool our funds together and we pool our power together and uh, get what we needed and we were able to compete against the big guys and work great for years I, I miss those days um yeah I, I think there should be controls on amazon facebook google and all the others too <laughs> so, yeah. but really business has to become you know citizens united said the corporations were citizens and that's pretty much what uh, where we are today and what we're witnessing with corporations just pouring in dollars dollars equal humans which is stupid so we're going to have to end citizens united we're going to you know when a politician has to spend 70% of their time fundraising something is wrong with our system so we have to look at all of that too
0: well, um, Jesse Ventura relates
1: to Marshall County, but um, <laughs> that—that's my worldview.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jesse Ventura. Uh, I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but Jesse Ventura said one of the smartest things I ever heard. He said, "He said what we should do is we should make uh, politicians wear NASCAR suits." And they all looked at him and they said NASCAR suits. And he said, "Yeah." So we know who owns them.
1: Yeah, there was a meme with Mitch McConnell wearing one of those
0: suits. (laughs) Every one of them, man. And it it goes all the way up, and it goes all the way on both sides. This one's owned by this. This one's owned by oil. And over here, this one's owned by wind and solar. And it's just like lobbyists. Lobbyists are are, are killing our country, and people have not, I mean.
1: Well, I I Lobbyists are there because uh, because there's somebody to li- listen to them. They're the ones that are killing our country.
0: Um, I mean, you know, um,
1: the politicians.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: But uh, everyone is starving for money, so something has to change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the billionaires think they don't have enough.
0: That's greed. Yeah. Money's the root of all evil.
1: Fear is the root of all evil. Sure um, of losing.
0: There's a lot of people that have some of these communities that I've dealt with over the past month or two. Some of them, the the things they say is we can't. And I, you know, um, I was on a phone call yesterday, and there was a place that we were discussing, and he said that when he got there, they had the attitude of we can't. And he said, well, that's the first thing we're going to have to change. And now that place is, my gosh, man, it's it's, yeah. it's insane of how much it's grown and the things it's done because they got rid of the we can't attitude and said, we're going to. So,
1: so anyway, um, I, I guess I just was looking at some notes. One thing that can benefit Marshall County, I would think, would be embracing sustainable technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, wind, uh, solar, stuff like that. Marshall County would be perfect for, um, uh, industries like that. Um, right now we have lots of dollar general stores (laughs) and worse. And, um, you know, nobody's making enough money to live.
0: What about charging stations? Because. Um oh yes. I, I I know a guy that he said that he wanted to buy a Tesla not too long ago but he was like there's nowhere in north Alabama to you know besides Huntsville that even has charging stations. Right,
1: Huntsville. I was just going to say um yeah, all of that. Why aren't we doing
0: that? I mean, it's Why the future. We're
1: attracting visionaries.
0: The future's here.
1: Yep. It's Like a tsunami.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Herb, I want to thank you. Uh, Is there anything you want to say before we go? Yeah,
1: edit out anything that's really nasty.
0: Oh, there's nothing (laughs) nasty. No,
1: I'm I'm just saying everybody everybody has opinions, but a lot of these opinions, I hate to say it, are based on what's being fed. And uh, now I've been accused of being a baby killer. Because I'm a part, I I finally I went from being an independent to actually joining the Democratic Party, and that's that's a, that's a crock. That is something that some real greedy, powerful people are just slamming you with all the scary stuff about abortions, and I'm telling you. Uh, i i don't know of a single soul on the planet who is for abortion but i'm telling you that a lot of what you think you know is not true so just have an open mind and the big thing is you can't make it you can't allow the national government to make abortion illegal um, there are a lot of good reasons necessary reasons for it, and true, there are a lot of unnecessary reasons from other people's viewpoints for it, but that shouldn't be the reason you're voting for a candidate. I guess that's really what I'm saying. Just because that's there, or or the so-called war on Christmas, or the so-called war on religion. These are made-up things. These are designed to get you to not think about what is really happening. And that has to do with democracy, that has to do with climate change, that has to do with health care. So vote for yourself. Don't vote for what you think is wrong. Vote for what you think you need. And that's health care, security, jobs, livable income for a full-time job, Little things like that. So uh, the others are, um, trust me, they are thrown out there, and and the people behind it are not good people. You better, you better edit all that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't edit it out. It's live right now. Oh shoot! Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, Herb, I want to thank you for your time and um, uh, I want to thank you for being on actually we did have people enter the live studio while we were on here uh, Uh and they were listening in so I don't know I have no idea who these people are and I don't know where they live but they entered the live studio so (laughs) Uh well
1: that's me I mean I I have always been outspoken and I, I tend to put my foot in my mouth quite often my wife will Rate me for a couple hours for some of the things I've said, but
0: uh. <laughs> it's fine, man. This is for people to know the real you because we we see we get so many smoke and mirrors, and this is the place where, like, I you know, everybody that I've had these conversations with, they you know, they're like, I forgot there was a microphone there, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you that,
1: that, That's your
0: fault, Jeremy. Yeah, I know it. You just forget there's a microphone here and you just, right. you know, everybody gets to know the real you. And that's why some that's why a lot of people um are 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 tempted not to do this because they are like, you know, what if I get on there and say that, you know, I I support this, but the but this party says, I, you know, whatever. And yeah. You know, this is getting to know real people um, besides a D and an R beside their name. You get to know them. And um, Alabama has a lot of stigmas around it, and that's what I'm trying to change. And well,
1: I'd love for you to interview Robert Adderhall.
0: Uh I,
1: I have a very low opinion of that man. But...
0: <laughs> I, uh, I've reached out to the Adderhall campaign, and I have not received a response yet. It doesn't mean I'm not going to. Uh, All right
1: he's a nasty guy but he, he, he makes you feel
0: good um well of course i have to invite your opponent on i don't know who your opponent is so if your opponent hears this they're more than welcome to get in contact with me
1: rick watson i really i admire the man uh he's born and raised in this area um He was appointed when uh, his predecessor died. Kay Ivey appointed him. He's been at it about two years. And like I said earlier, he's a good guy. Uh, But so am I. Uh, He probably knows how to pull more strings than I do. But I'm a quick learner. (laughs) And um, um, I just feel not enough is being done for taxpayers that deserve equal service um, and and I mean they're all over, I, I've been on the phone, I've been meeting them and these people aren't getting any kind of help, so that's why I said uh, I'm not sure I'll be successful but at least I'm going to give it my best, I always do Well
0: Herb I want to thank you for your time, for your campaign and I want to Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you, Jeremy. I'm flattered that you even asked.
0: All right. Well, I, I appreciate it. It's been Coming to Culture Episode 22. Remember, we're not controversial. We're just culture.